Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week is the February 2023 community episode where I bring in the gold hoarders. We're going to be talking about uh, PvP. We're going to be talking about Pirates Life 2. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So before we get into that, let's do the Patreon pitch as always because they are with me if it wasn't for them they wouldn't be on this episode they are the ones supporting this content and joining it up so let's get to calling out all the patrons that could make it and couldn't each and every week i call out the patrons they're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast to support this content and to help me with taking care of the bills for the podcast um this is free for everyone but they for some reason think it's worth giving me money to help pay for the costs of uh, hosting this as far as like editing software, all that good jazz. So I want to thank them every week because it means a lot to me. Uh, we've had a little change up in the uh, the listing here. There's been some edits to what people uh, have been pledging. So a little bit different. People's Republic, Elcute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Haskell, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, who's back. Thank you, Trickster. Welcome back. Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, who, by the way, is not feeling very well. So if you happen to run into Replicated, give them a, a well-wishing and hope that they uh, they start feeling better soon because they they definitely need some love. Uh, Rust Belt Kid, who doesn't need love. He's fine. Don't worry about him. Norwegian, Skamelt666, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Mina Fairy, Music me the lore chronologist dead eye dre hair owl jeff h ghost boy 20 evil martha peter miller ruski do thor von blitz windsor chris and zam wow thank you all so much for your support it means the world to me i know you guys were you you, you missed the zam i'll get it in there this time don't you worry but with that we're, we're done with the call outs. I want to get you all over to the patron conversation. It was such a good time. We actually had uh, a, a full crew from the same ship. So if you guys are interested in hearing what a crew sounds like on the regular basis that isn't your crew, um, that's basically this episode. So uh, thank you for everyone who decided to take time out of their double golden glory weekend to spend with me and talk about Sea of Thieves. Let's get into it. Welcome everyone to the Keel Hall podcast. This is the community episode for February in 2020 of the year of our whale lord. In Sea of Thieves this week, we have a lot of fun stuff to kind of talk about. We're going to be diving in some speculation about what future content for Sea of Thieves could be looking like. Uh, we have a, an email in from some listeners that I wanted to get some thoughts on. And we also had a really interesting week as far as rewards go. Uh, but before I get into any of that, let's start going down the list of who's joining us this month. We've got El Jefe Esteban, who didn't mute. Hell Jefe, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to see you. Next up, we've got Norwegian, who muted. 
Norwegian, how you doing? Always mute. Good to see everybody. Always, Hope everybody's doing well. Always mute. Uh, and next we've got Regis Stella, who also muted, muted. Or, uh, Regis, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. You know, the usual stuff. It's currently cloudy here in the Australian morning of uh, Sunday, so I can't wait for winter, to be honest. I'm sick of summer. <laughs> Well, I'm just glad that the future still exists. Uh, also, we've got Rust Belt joining us. Rust Belt, you just finished turning in a bunch of loot, or you're still turning in a bunch of loot? No, we are uh, officially finished, so I am good to go. I just want to let everybody know I am paid to be here. That's that. He's a paid actor. Uh, then we've got TN Professor jumping in. TN, how you doing? Arr, yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and just showed up out of nowhere. Big bad pad. Paddy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Impeccable timing. I know. You just squeezed right in there at the very end. I love it. Um, so we're going to be, I wanted to touch on a, a few things real quick, um, but to, to kind of get things rolling with season eight, we we had this last uh, week here. We're, we're in the midst of Game Blast uh, going on over on, on Sea Thieves Twitch where they're doing charity work, uh, which is fantastic. 24-hour uh, streams and stuff. Plenty of six-packs being given away. Uh, raising money for um, charities is, is it's really nice to actually get to see this, uh, especially for Special Effect, one of the one of the few that I know they've had a lot of work with. Um, and Becky, who used to work for Special Effect, now working over on uh, the Sea of Thieves team. Um, have any of you guys, uh, I wanted to, to kind to touch on I, I know some of you have been sailing today already but anyone trying to take advantage of the golden glory weekend that we're in right now i know uh half a tennessee and myself last night we uh took advantage of it uh half a made a suggestion with us to uh defend instead of diving try to get that athena yeah. up to five yeah. and mm. then just continually defend and i'm going to tell you right now best decision we ever made really? and i don't think we're ever gonna randomly <laughs> dive again unless we absolutely have to no way okay the, the 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 trick is to loot stack and get your hoard your loot hoard up to five uh -huh. and then defend on that and the multipliers that that gives you is significant compared so to just the, the golden glory we were getting what about two levels a win yeah two levels a win yeah. and then and then when we turned in it was about another two levels because i we went up about four levels last night yeah Oh, but really, fantastic. really, the first the first step is to get into a Zen state of mind that uh, none of that treasure is yours until you turn it in. Mm. That's always um, facts. The, the, <laughs> might as well be the mantra of Sea of Thieves at this point, right? <laughs> That's right. Nothing is yours until you've turned it in. So, um, speaking of the the Golden Glory and the double the double. Uh, rewards that we've gotten we had a really weird week from my perspective where every single day this week we've had a different kind of herc for getting onto sea of thieves and uh jumping in for one specific trade company or a faction or what have you so like monday was golden glory tuesday or not uh, golden glory um gold hoarders right uh tuesday i think was order of souls wednesday i think was uh, merchants um thursday was hunter's call friday was uh the allegiance factions and then this weekend is obviously golden glory with twitch drops going on um did anybody jump on because of the specific faction really i don't i don't think we i know we did uh what was the name boys that we did the uh merchant but we don't like we kind of just like, I don't know. We kind of just went into it a little bit with like a eh 
attitude, but it's merchant. It's yeah, merchant. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't put um, a lot of I, effort into it. We did jump on, or I did, um, specifically to pump up um, the uh, Allegiance, uh, try and get a jump on that. Yeah. And I also took advantage of Gold Hoarder and uh, Order of Souls because I was behind. Interesting. Okay. I did kind of, I like the idea of what they did because it, it, it gave me a, a touch of FOMO and mm. it I, I kind of like that. So, uh, what, but I will tell you this, on the... Uh, the fishing stuff. Hunter's call. Hunter's call. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not so easy, is it? Well, th- that thing needs an overhaul <laughs> in the worst way possible. It yeah. it it needs some love. It hadn't been touched since uh, first anniversary, and uh, it 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 needs some love. With everything that's happened to everything else in the game, yeah. Um, that it's it's about time for that to get. A much needed overhaul. Do you do you guys remember the uh, the voyages that we got that one that one like week where they had like the the weird day where they're like oh hey we're giving out hunters call voyages you can go and actually fish in a weird pool and get a specific thing. No, I do remember that. Okay, so I I feel like this mm. is one of those things where something like that might help, but instead of it being instead of it being like a fishing pool, like say we had different tiers. Say you had like the base one, which was like, okay, go get these kind of fish from this area here. What if it kind of like escalated so that they could sell the highest level of hunter's call ways to summon a megalodon, and it would actually be like a random megalodon? Mm. <laughs> system we have right now. I, I hear <laughs> I hear grump, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the, the for the the I don't know. <laughs> Until I get uh, no, out of that, I don't want anything with Megs. No FOMO for fishing, but if you if you even hinted that if I did that, I might see the shrouded ghost, uh, then I could be bribed. <laughs> yeah, I'd give I'd give up the soul of my first board for that. <laughs> You're doing, just tossing it into the water. <laughs> Sorry, son, you had to be the one. I can remember going around with Jorvik as he tried to do weird and archaic things hoping that it might summon the beast yeah and uh <laughs> we, we was everyone we were right practically, we were practically <laughs> on top of the tavern naked playing instruments <laughs> to try to summon this thing that nobody believes in okay but part of that was also because we were asking for gold well that's true sorry world of warcraft days coming back um so that would be i feel like that's something that would be interesting but it sounds like for the most part, because I really didn't hear a whole lot of buzz from people. I, I saw folks kind of like doing, looking forward to Friday and the dub, the double golden glory weekend, but I didn't really see anyone really kind of like jumping on the chance, uh, except for maybe I would say Kylia, the aficionado who's not here today. I think she's working. Um, I think she might've been like one of the few, because I know she's so far behind on, on her ledgers that really wanted to try and take advantage of each of the different trade companies. But Overall, it doesn't feel like there was really a whole lot of drive. And it makes me wonder if that's because most people are capped out on their uh, their their faction or if it's just that those aren't interesting enough right now. Very curious. Anyone have any thoughts on that? I would say like the only thing I think you kind of have a point there because I know like with us, most of us are capped out. I know <clears throat> Tennessee and Hefe are still astounded that I'm not level 30 on Athena. 
So that's really the only advantage for me to do it is to work on Athena during like anything with double gold, double glory, any of that stuff. Other than that, it's just more like, well, let's just go see what loot we can steal from people and see how much we can stack up at that point. Hmm. Anyone else got any any thoughts or feelings? Maybe an idea of what else it could be? Maybe it's just the age of the game now at this point. I mean, how many years are we into this game? And most people have finished it. So if you're taking advantage of the boost, it's just for emissary just for achieving those rewards and once you've got them it's okay move on to the next project do you all think that if we had a way to uh prestige our trade companies for cosmetics or you know different unlocks something something to entice you to want to like grind out those levels again would that kind of refresh the the desire to jump back into those trade companies i would say yes yeah most definitely if they really spent some time and and put some cosmetics and some things out there that uh, really kind of refreshed it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe some more per- personality, some more customization, uh, jewelry, uh, <laughs> things like that. Uh, then maybe, May- maybe then. But mm. I've got pretty much everything I really want. I'd love to see more piratey things. I know you love the Halo sword, uh, Rust, but Watch more piratey things. It looks Watch so good, language. though. It's so Watch good. The plasma sword oh. is a gift from God. <laughs> It looks so good. Um, So, but okay. So you're saying like if they, if they really kind of like nailed down some awesome piratey stuff, Pad, you're saying the same thing too. You want some like proper pirate clothing. Like, do you guys have any, any images in your mind that you can kind of like convey that would, that would kind of give a better idea for people that might not be too sure what you're talking about? Anything that doesn't look like something that that you would get in Fortnite, and I feel like we've had a bunch of Fortnite stuff How here of late. You. And uh, I know, hey, I know. I still know, want it, my it, clown it. outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Ronald McDonald hair has been there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that meme has been there. Um, you could enhance it, maybe. Um, I. Do you know the detail they put in with with the Disney uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean crossover? Yeah, the, those clothes sets really had an, another level of detail. And really, what I want is to be able to take pieces of it rather than the whole uniform. If they spent that level of detail and mm-hmm. let me piece it together rather than than whole, and I know I'm asking a lot, but that that would be interesting. Patty, what were you thinking? Uh, well, I'm just obviously I know that Hook's not in the game, but it's a pirate thing. It's like stripy trousers, stripy t-shirts. We know, or, or stripy tops. Um, we know that they made clothing out of whatever they had available. Um, so give us some sack tops. I don't know, just something that doesn't look as though it's been made by a tailor. Mm. So you want more, more like clothing that seems base, like it's... base pirate stuff. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I definitely agree. You guys know me. I, I love having like the traditional piratey type stuff. I'm all for getting, uh, you know, like very realist. I think like, um, I'm trying to think the, uh, the set, I think it's the sovereign set that has the really nice hats. Those are like the most piratey, like big hats kind of thing that I love seeing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I, I would think if they could figure out a way that they could create simple, but unique rewards for the different trade companies and they they allowed us to prestige the levels to give us an opportunity to um grind those out again to have something to like look forward to seeing like every time we turn in a piece of loot we get we get that that dopamine hit of 
seeing the number go up. I really think that that would be that would go a long way to kind of like having people um, be able to look forward to things like a, a weekend uh, of like double double rewards for specific and even just have like an entire week of it um, where you could have like all of the the different trade companies uh, and showing off like what they would actually you know showing off like what they you could actually get if you were to have like that double weekend and have it like specifically uh, maybe even have it like specifically for those weeks where they're working on stuff that you'd be able to um, progress towards those maybe something like that i don't know it's 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 hard for me to sit here and quickly come up with an, an entire system in one shot but something like that i think would be really great to try and give us something to drive forward to but it was a shame that i don't think a lot of us took a lot of advantage of the uh the the double rewards for each trade company except for probably friday i would say friday would probably be the one that most people jumped on because that's the current thing that they're working on am i wrong I wish on I would that? Have gotten I wish I would have gotten numbers for that, but it feels like the rewards for Saturday are better than the Friday rewards. I don't know if that's just because of the double gold or what, but it, a lot of people were taking advantage of it. I didn't see anybody hardly doing any fishing. Yeah. Uh, never ran into any uh, Order of Souls. Did see a few gold hoarders and merchants, but that was about it. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, if uh, time versus effort really factored into who wanted to try and make the most money during certain things. Uh, or certain days it's it's hard to get off work you know sometimes uh you only have so many days off i did we did see a lot of we did see a lot of boats doing the hourglass when that was um doubling um do you do you think it should be like a whole week like every month uh there's a, a specific week that is just for one trade faction i think it would be easier for people to take advantage um would you rather have community day or this right here you know this was nice um to kind of spread things out and it allowed people to hop in and at least take advantage of something or plan time to take advantage of something they specifically wanted to try and do that's it um yeah that's right there Uh, you know that's what i'm looking at yeah and i think like like if you had something like a week long and said oh hey gold hoarders is going to be you know this day through this day like you know whatever monday through friday monday through sunday whatever you want to call it and then, like, if you did those, like, did one a month or something like that for, you know, a couple months and then had, like, one community day, like, I'd be okay with that. I mean, obviously, we know how community day is. <laughs> it's either crashed or burned for a lot of people over the over the last couple times. But, you know, either people make out on it really well or people complain because it's just having massive issues. But I don't know. I just honestly, like, I didn't even realize about any of the stuff. And, you know, I, you know, obviously I know I step away a little bit here and there, but I didn't even know any of it was going on until I went to get on that one night and they were like, oh yeah, it's like double for a merchant. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, so I didn't even know it was going on. I knew double gold, double glory weekend was going to happen, but I didn't know about any of the other stuff. And that, that's what makes me wonder if maybe they should do stuff like this, where they have specific trade factions kind of, uh, when when they're looking to do like content updates for those factions which is where i still think like having a prestige system would be an awesome time for you to be like all right cool well uh there's a new voyage type coming out for gold hoarder so let's prestige gold hoarder and we can start working on that to start getting some rewards and start working on the new voyage and play around with it and have the double the double gold hoarder uh week be a way to kind of like really really push people to start working on that 
something to just kind of like think about like the weeks in a month more thematically for the different trade companies, but have actual reasons to why you would want to run those as opposed to just giving us double gold for the specific trade faction on one week or a day or something. Wow. Imagine that tying some type of <laughs> thematic storyline into a video game and chart it over the course of weeks, months, years. That's crazy. That, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which that actually brings us into a perfect segue. I wanted to ask you guys about Pirate's Life. We've been sitting with Pirate's Life for a while. We haven't had any updates. We haven't heard any, any anything about it. But a lot of people are starting to talk about it as if it's something that's going to happen. And I don't know if that's something that um, will actually happen. Actually, Patty makes one comment about make the trade factions up to level 100 and add a prestige option. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I think that is a smart choice. And uh, I think Rare should really invest some time into looking into that. But um, I wanted to talk about Pirates Life 2. And that's because a lot of a lot of folks that I've seen around are talking about it. They want to they want another Pirates Life 2. They want to see Jack Sparrow come back. They want to see the captain make an appearance. They want to get a furthering of the story. Um, you guys are some of the few that I've talked to the most who want to stick with the Sea of Thieves story. Not necessarily with like Flameheart in the Sky, but like to keep the lore tied to Sea of Thieves. How do you guys feel about Pirate's Life 2? I think it's okay, okay to bring some of that back, but it's got to be done in a way that the SOT lore is center. I don't mm. give two flying flips about a Jack Sparrow adventure Jack can come back and do things. That's cool and fine. It's just that he needs to be working towards something that's going to be tying into the overarching story of the Sea of Thebes themes, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. If I, wanted a, if, I, if I wanted a a Jack Sparrow story, I would go find a Pirates of the Caribbean game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, which there aren't many of, and the ones that do exist aren't <laughs> that great. They they set that that possibility up at the end with um um jack or was it who was it uh or the couple george and rose wasn't it yeah george and rose leaving yeah 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 the, you know so they set that up where it could tie in and really it made you feel like there was possibility for more and you're right um regis it has been very quiet so i'm fairly certain that they're going to be doing something for e3 i don't know why but I know that the teams that are working on content are are busy. And I know that the teams that are working on showcasing content are having to shift to other stuff. Um, there is, uh, Regis, you mentioned that Xbox isn't going to E3. That's because they don't need to. They have the Microsoft, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Microsoft Stadium showcase. Yeah, it's a. I mean, they they do the thing right down the road, anyways. So they haven't really been even before COVID. They were already kind of doing their own thing off the side, anyways, down the road. So yeah. it really didn't matter. Yeah, they they bought like a stadium just for just for their own events. So they they they'll be at E three in in sense that they'll be doing stuff around the time of E three, but they won't necessarily have to be on the the show floor for E three. Um, same thing with Nintendo. Nintendo always has something going on during E three time. They just don't usually have stuff there actually at there. So we'll we'll see content for Xbox. I I promise you that. I doubt very much that they aren't going to have some sort of news um during that time in in june but whatever it is it'll probably be 
uh, like their own thing that they'll be doing. Yeah, like another de- developer direct. Um, Patty, you bring up the the fifth year anniversary. What do you think they're doing for the fifth year anniversary? I can't comment on that because I'm on insiders. Oh, okay, fair enough. All right. So yeah, I don't know what's going on in there, and and unfortunately, insiders is on NDA, so that people don't get spoiled on that. But um, we know that they're doing something for fifth anniversary. Uh, some folks probably know because of insiders. Some folks don't because we haven't been on insiders. Uh, but we know that they're they want to showcase us. It's the fifth year the game's been out. Um, I know that they're doing some fun stuff that'll be really cool. Uh, and I know that they've got some some plans in place uh, to really kind of take some time to really celebrate Sea of Thieves in general. Um, for E3, I, I could see them doing a Pirate's Life. I don't think it's honestly that soon. I think they've got a big story planned, but I think the big story planned is actually more tied to the captain making their appearance um, as well as Flameheart. Because I, I think that we've been on, I think a Pirate's Life set up the captain and in them coming as well as the grand maritime union i think honestly a lot of the content that we've gotten recently has kind of set up the grand maritime union more than a pirate's life 2 in my opinion but what do you guys think i was just about to say that yeah right and 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 they've said that that we're not that they have no intention of doing big tall tales anytime soon that that's not on the roadmap so if they, if it comes like this, it's going to come, I would assume, in adventure form, mm-hmm. little smaller smaller pieces, which is fine. Um, but you know, I'm I'm way more invested at this point and way more interested in the captain and getting him in here, uh, and kind of how that ties into Flameheart and, and just I'm way more interested in that than I am with any of the Disney stuff. Which again, the Disney stuff is fine and it can come in, but it needs to be playing second fiddle to the Sot lore. But are they going to put the captain? Is he going to be a Disney character, or is he going to be a Sea of Thieves original character? That is a that's a that's a great question. That is a that's, great question. That is. What do you guys think? Down, down in under the sea, wasn't there that last battle we had um, where they were talking with uh, the one of the baddies from the Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh-huh. That felt like there was a flavor of Maritime Union link in that. Uh-huh. So you, uh, you, we could you, be getting, we mean, could be talking about everything we're we're hinting at. You sh- just for context, you mean uh, Lord Cutler Beckett from Pirates Life Two and Three, well, Pirates of the Caribbean Two and Three? Yeah, I remember he was he was what in ghost form uh, yeah, I, at the I top of the tower. I think he's more of like a a memory kind of thing, like you know, just there is like a memory. I, I just, yeah, but, but I, I I I can see it. I just replayed it, and at the top of the tower, like, he's just a normal character. There's no ghost for him. There's no nothing. It just looks like a regular character. I mean, at least that's what it looks like to me. I'm not saying that— It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, obviously, (laughs) I had some combinations I had to finish up. But so I just did it, and when I got up there, he just was a normal character, just like anybody else in the game. So I'm not too sure— I mean, obviously, we can see where he they could go with that. But in as much as somebody who, like, loves the lore but doesn't care that much at the same time, there's so many pockets of the story and the lore and everything that are missing. But I don't know if enough people – I know there's a lot of people that love the lore. I don't know if there's enough people that care about the missing pockets of certain parts of the stories for them to focus on it and not just continue doing what they're doing and maybe pull out more Disney crap. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know. This game is – it's their love – it's their love – 
project. They love this game. They love their story. I can't see them just going to Disney just to boost the player count. So like maybe they have a plan where, yeah, they were going to incorporate Disney, but I can't see them bending over just for, hey, let's do this to bump up our numbers. No, and, and that's not the impression they gave when they talked about it. They went to Disney and won them over with their story is the impression I got. Um, there's There's got to be a room somewhere in Rare with about a gazillion post-it notes with story ideas. <laughs> Um, you know, Rust, you brought up an interesting point. I, there is so much about the motivation of, of Sea of Thieves community that only Rare has the power to know. And, and for the rest of us, I think we're just trying to read tea leaves. Um, you know, I made reference to it in the chat. Us, this group, I wouldn't call your typical um, player or your typical casual player. Our motivations... I don't know that we could really link them directly to to the other group's motivations necessarily. I, there's just so much you wish you knew. No, and I agree. I agree. I agree with you on that. I think, at least from my perspective, I can't speak for anybody else. But there's times in this game, and obviously, like everybody knows, I've walked away a couple times. You know, took a month off, took a couple months off, kind of thing here, played catch up. But at the end of the day, like I always came back. But I, I didn't come back so much for the game as I came back for my friends in the community. Um, I, I literally, I, it could be power washing simulator or a lawn mowing simulator. I don't care if that's what my friends were playing, then I probably would have came back for that too. So like at the end of the day for me, I, I hate saying it sometimes, but like I'll complain about how they don't fix stuff or how they don't do this. They don't do that. But at the end of the day, whatever they put in, I'm going to play. I might, I might complain about it, but I'm going to play it and I'm going to have fun with my friends. Sea of Thieves is one of those great games where it is so open-ended and there's so much that you can do that you can really kind of uh, have multiple circles of people that like to do different things. You can have people that just love doing PvE. You can have people that just love doing PvP. You can have people that just love sitting in a boat talking with their friends because it's their off-work chat room uh, where MSN chat used to serve that purpose. Um and I think that what you were talking about, uh, Rust, as far as having the smaller pockets of lore not necessarily being a big enough drive for Rare to focus on that type of thing, I don't disagree. I do think that the journals serve the purpose of that kind of lore, and that really fills in a lot of the gaps. But they do want to uh, be able to um, paint with a big broad stroke of something that will draw players in with something big and flashy, where something like a Pirates of the Caribbean would be a big enough draw to dry con uh, uh, players to go and install Sea of Thieves and play because at the end of the day, Rare is a studio. They do have to make money. This is a passion, but they also want to make sure that um, they are trying to get people, they're trying to get monthly active users because they want to keep the game healthy. They want to keep people invested in the cosmetics and stuff like that, which is why we see a lot of those really big flashy Fortnite skins coming to the game. It's why we see things like Halo crossovers with season three and the AI uh, with uh, the ship set that, that reflects that, you know, there's a reason why that stuff um, all happens. And a lot of it is to drive interest. 
Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. I could definitely see them going with uh, Cutler Beckett and having some investment in him uh, coming to to draw it up. I know that I had spoken with Mike at a point and that uh, it might have been in an interview. It might have been in DMs. I can't quite recall. So I'll just I'll, I'll kind of spill the tea on this one. But um, at, at one point they knew that they were putting that in, but it wasn't anything that was directly tied to um, the, the, uh, East India trade company and that it wasn't like a four call or a four foretelling of the grand maritime union. He was just happened to be there because it was the type of uh, soul that was attracted to what Davy Jones was trying to suggest. Um, he can, he can always correct me on that as if he wants and stuff. But, uh, the, I think the thing with the, with the stories is that George and Rose were meant, uh, to be the will in Elizabeth Turner, for the Pirates of the Caribbean in Sea of Thieves because they obviously didn't get a chance to get uh, Will and Elizabeth. They, they weren't going to be able to get those actors or, or at least the, the voices of them or the likenesses of them to be able to put in Sea of Thieves. They, they got Davy Jones and they got Pirates, uh, they got Jack Sparrow and that was about as good as we got. So I don't know that, that we'll ever get to see them in the game. Um, and that's why we have George and Rose as the, the kind of uh, replacements for them. Um, if they do bring Pirates of the Caribbean, I would like it to serve Sea of Thieves more than anything because I think that Sea of Thieves' lore is just as good and just as worthy of having uh, characters like Jack Sparrow and, and Davy Jones kind of giving us their 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 attendance, if you will. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if there was a Pirate's Life in the future. Um, Pad, you're talking about Monkey Island. You think you want more Monkey Island? Like we could get some of those characters in? Uh, they definitely seem to be more Sea of Thieves-like characters. I don't disagree. Um, I, I know that there are a few people out there that would like to see more Monkey Island, and I think Mike's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about um, Mike Chapman or Xbox Mike 29? Both, both, both of them. Fair. Yeah, uh, I do think that uh, you know, like ha running into LeChuck 
if if LeChuck ended up being the captain, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disappointed with that in the slightest. I think it would be hilarious, um, especially given that Davy Jones is working with him. What a what a crazy tie-in that would end up being. Uh, Norwegian, you're saying Blackbeard for Pirates of the Caribbean would be good. Um, you'd like to see them? I can't remember the name of the actor. I could picture his face and I could hear his voice. But if they got something like that, just that would be a fantastic captain. I mean, it's Blackbeard. Everybody knows who Blackbeard is, and they could build lore on that. I mean, he's already a captain with reputation everybody already seems to be wary of the captain it would make sense it would be really cool to see uh to see him come back in i'm, I'm looking up, i'm trying to find the uh, actor for you right now because i know that's gonna i think it's ian something ian mcshane maybe or i i could be wrong let's see i know it's teach come on internet it is yeah you're right ian mcshane good call nice memory yeah it would be fantastic to have uh to have mcshane come on and, and actually be able to voice him who knows what he's actually doing right now actually i can take a look and see because i'm on his imdb he's doing voices he's he's actually working on voices uh for something called my father's dragon so and he's got some other projects um in post-production looks like he's going to be in the next john wick as well too I, what do you know? Uh, I would love if they could bring him in to do Blackbeard. I think Blackbeard would be fantastic. Um, so overall, from what it feels like, is, is that a lot of you are okay if Pirates of the Caribbean comes in, but still more invested in Sea of Thieves lore, if not just kind of getting to spend time with friends in the game. Yes, I agree with that. So say we all. Yes, yeah, so say we all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the the last thing that I wanted to jump into here, um, I got an email from one of the listeners, and uh, I, I don't know how to say their name specifically. I, I, I'm guessing it's Spin, it's S-P-I-N-N, maybe some of you might know. Uh, but they wrote in an email. I wanted to read it to you all because I thought it was really great to to have a discussion over this because it does kind of deal with what we're talking about here. But they wrote in and says that, my name is Spin Kick. I'm from Australia. And I've been listening into your podcast since episode 243. I've been playing Sea of Thieves regularly for nearly three years now. And recently I got a new job where I have to travel an hour to work and an hour back every day. And your content has kept me sane on those Monday morning drives. So thank you. And I find your podcast about Sea of Thieves extremely entertaining. And I enjoy hearing your view on different issues and content on the game. Keep it up, mate. I do, however, have a question for you, and I'm, this is this is where you guys are going to help me out with this. What do you think of having the Devil's Roar turn into an ice region once we defeat Flameheart once and for all? There could be so many cool little game mechanics we could have introduced with an ice region. Imagine when you're, you enter the ice region, your wheel and capstan begin to freeze over, and to operate them, you have to melt the ice off by raising your lantern to them or floating icebergs with ancient artifacts embedded in that we can ship and uh, chip slash cannon away for loot. They could introduce orcas and change the chickens in the region to penguins, which would add uh, commendations to Hunter's Call. I could go on all day. Thank you for your content you put out, mate. It's truly appreciated. Spin, Captain of the Eldritch. What do you guys think? Do you think in, in it, uh, take out the the necessity for Flameheart being defeated aspect of it, but do you think the Devil's Roar could ever shift? Do you think they'd ever be able to turn that into an ice region? And if they did, would you be interested in it? I think it's a grossly underutilized area of the map. Come on, Norwegian. Come on, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, they need something. It's the worst area of the game 
only people go out there when they don't want to be messed with by other people because nobody wants to go over there. <laughs> um, yeah, they need to do something with it or create another area and then get rid of it. Mm. It's time for a refresh. It's, it's underused. It, it, you know, it had a good concept. You know, someplace more dangerous, the hard mode with higher rewards, and all it turned into was a depressing place that uh, you go to hide from people <laughs> and you don't get any better rewards, really. Can you imagine having to dodge drifting icebergs, though? I will say I do find that interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, of some of the crew <laughs> might have to pay more attention. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> some, so, somebody may have to get off the bowsprit. Ha! <laughs> Well, hilarious that's, that's where you guys that's where you want to be to be able to see those icebergs right way up at front titanic ladies uh, yeah well but you actually have to be looking rust you, you just can't have your character standing up there emoting no i do all this work logan and this is how i get treated i understand, I get treated. I understand. and the worst part is it's on it's they can watch it now so the part is, is i get yelled at i'm like five seconds on the bowsprit hey rusty what are you doing oh i don't know but <laughs> as if they needed that caveat onto that we're getting rid of it i need to finish my accommodations in aurora first just saying so that that calls in that calls into question because there is a lot of commendations that are set up for the roar there's a lot of content that is tied to it and getting rid of it i think would be really really tough it would be on on par for uh pve fans that i think getting rid of the arena was for pvp fans oh um, no 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 do it do it no. i'm done with it i'm i've i've got my scars everybody gets scars everybody gets we scars. almost made it one episode without bringing up arena <laughs> <laughs> everybody gets that experience everybody gets scars i don't care tdm tdm so, so the solution here is is just let everyone have access to the uh the accommodations and uh no yeah, I think no, no 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 yeah, no give everybody the no, accommodations give everybody no. the uh cosmetics and we're all happy we're all good nope no nope. and forever a bonus <laughs> so definitely I, it, it it makes me like okay uh, uh, talking talking setting let's set aside the devil's roar being gone for a second here let's talk about if if uh the ice region was a new region that was added to the map so you're just going to keep a whole region for the people that might or might not want to get those commendations which they should have gotten earlier unless they just joined the game and they don't have a clue about missing them is that what you're saying what, what is arena again <laughs> I'm new to this game. I would like to know about this arena you speak of. It's gone. So just the answer. The answer I think is Sot Two. They desperately ah. need to get on on onto a new version of the real engine. Um, there is massive um, constraints that they're having to play within, and I think it. I mean, we're five years into this thing, and it's been in, you know add another what two or three for development before that. Uh, when this all the all the stuff was based on or built off of, mm -hmm. it's let's give us a shot too. You can keep some parts of the map, expand out to other areas, and you know you can bounce back and forth between the two. Let your characters, you know, be able to mm -hmm. be transferred from one to the other, so that way you can keep all your stuff. Um, and let's have a new, let's have a true refresh of the game that obviously a lot of people like. And wow. I don't know, I, I think I, I think I think there's. I think there's an argument out there for give us a new game that's just an expansion of what we have now. 
My God. Question of that argument, though, would be I'm with you, Hefe, you know that. But question of that argument would be is there any evidence that we actually would ever get a new game or just keep building and building and building? Because there are games that are still built on old engines and they just keep adding stuff to it because the community is just big enough that it makes them just enough money. So that'd be my question is what evidence leads to that we actually, or that they're even working on a new game. I don't know. That... So at this point, it's a hope that they are. Yeah. I don't think they could handle anything else. Another region. I really don't feel that the game could handle it. It's already chugging along as it is. I mean, I would have said the same thing uh, when you'd, if you'd told me that there was a huge new area underneath Reaper's tower or Reaper's hideout that they were building if I thought that the server would be able to handle having that much more of the of the the world kind of build out, but but to be fair, for years that title card has has popped up so far away from Reapers that area has always been there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just know. it's just never been. It's, we we just never accessed it, but it's been there because that title card hits so far out. You guys, I've got the solution. Everwild is just a code name for Sea of Thieves too. I can't believe that Hefe is sitting here sitting. He's like, you know, forget just getting rid of the region because no one uses it. Let's just get rid of the whole game and we'll just start off with a whole new one. Like, forget the 2% of people who got sick of are- or who, who got uh, left behind with a, a arena. Forget about the 2% of people who, who like the devil's roar. Let's just get rid of the 100% of people that are playing on or the, the 2% of people that are playing on Xbox One. How do you- take. Patty's just like, get rid of the Xbox One people. I get the feeling Caleb's somewhere in the back just clapping for you right now. (laughs) Get rid of the Xbox One people. (laughs) It it does make me wonder um, what the life cycle of this game is going to be, how how they can continue to support the Xbox One, because it's not just the Xbox One, right? It's the Xbox One X as well, because the One X, it's still playable. Um, it's not like, you know, it's still 30 frames, uh, 4k, but it's, it's not, you know, the load times are really rough and stuff like that, but the game will still run fairly decently on an Xbox one X if you can handle 30 frames per second, but it's holding back development. Yeah. They they talked about assets and having to, to choose what they can keep and can't keep. But even in that circumstance of like the Xbox one or Xbox one X, the old generations, whatever we want to call them. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just the big old meanie, the Grinch or whatever, but like, if you truly wanted to play this game and you're still playing it on one of those old systems and you're still enjoying it with all the issues you're probably having, like more power to you, but like, Hey, you got to save some pennies, man, buy a new system, do something, play it on, play it another way. There's, there's way better ways to play it or to try to get a new system to play it on a way better way. Norwegian brought up a good point. I don't know how Destiny 2 changed over. When Destiny 2 came out, because I remember Vanilla Destiny back when we were playing that one, and then Destiny 2 came out, I feel like they've transitioned their cosmetics and some of the weapons. I don't remember, though, because it was so long ago. But I feel like they did transition. That would be, if they could do something like that and upgrade to a new engine, that would be worth it. I'm trying to look this up. That's that's what I'm saying. That That's what they should happen, is come out with a new game, your, your character and your stuff, transition with it, and then you, we can continue on with a new platform that can actually be built upon in such a way that they're not having to rob Peter to pay Paul to get something to work. Sometimes when sailing, you have to cut the dead weight in order to survive the storm. Goodbye, Rusty. (laughs) What? What? 
What, do you, what, do you, what does the storm have to there do with the plenty, weather? There's plenty of things you wouldn't have accomplished without me. Don't even ask. You're cutting me away. I'm not going anywhere. I was sitting on to the shit. old. I was referring to the old Xbox. Just not everything's about you, Rusty. All right, kids. All right. <laughs> Settle. No. Um, so I, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. I, I'm, I've moved past the Xbox One. I have my One X for nostalgic reasons. I have two Series Xs that I can play on. I have my PC if I absolutely have to. I'm in the mindset that I'm going to be pushing towards cutting edge. I would love to hear. I would love numbers, honestly. This is what I would actually like. I would actually like to hear from Rare, which they'll never they'll never do. But I would love to get like a bird on my shoulder whispering, what is the actual percentage of users still using last gen hardware to play the game? And then compare that to the number of users that are uh, playing on the PC version on lower specs and see like how those line up and what the percentage is. Because I feel like if you if you were to transition to a Sea of Thieves 2, there would be a lot of issues, not only just with the fact that you're leaving behind an entire game's worth of Easter eggs for people in the community, myself included. Um, selfishly, I would very much be very, I would be very sad you know, if a lot of Easter eggs got lost now, maybe, you know, maybe mine can come forward with the rest of the rare names for captain skeletons and stuff. So I don't know that I, I would be too worried about it, but there's definitely a lot of people who would be very sad about losing their Easter eggs to a second game. But what about that kind of thing? Like, what about the people that have a fondness for specific islands or, or specific people? Like, is it, are, are we at the point now where, performance is hurting so much that they really need to reset the game in a sequel. Well, you even brought up a point you were bringing up people love their cosmetics. What about the people that bought cosmetics? There's a lot of purchasable, per, excuse me, items that you can purchase on here. Uh, that would be something that people would probably want carried over and not, Hey, I just spent 10 bucks and oh, two weeks later, game came out. Don't get to use it anymore. But isn't that gaming? Isn't that what gaming has become? Like we see it with games all the time. You know, I, I buy a game, I go and play, I buy the DLC, I buy this, I buy that, I buy this, I buy that. And then another game comes out in that series or they just stop supporting the game. Like, isn't that just ga what gaming has become? I don't agree with it, but I just feel like that's what gaming has become. Definitely has. There was a game. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, definitely has happened with stuff like that. I know Avengers is going through that right now. They're having to. Uh, tell people they had to cut off their store. They had to tell people like, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to be giving all of the stuff that's in the shop right now away for free. We're going to continue letting people play the game. But at a certain point, you're not going to be able to buy anything in the store. If you did buy stuff in the store, anything that you purchased, the value of that is going to be given as in-game currency. Um, Norwegian, uh, go ahead and jump in here. You got an example that I want you to talk about. Knockout City, a game that is, I don't even think it's one year old. If no. it is, it, it's recent still. Um, if you purchased the game, so sorry, you bought the game and you can no longer play it. It's a multiplayer game that is no longer supported at all. We also saw this with uh, Stadia as an ecosystem. Um, Stadia didn't last and they are giving back the money that anyone spent on it for the games that they bought through their ecosystem. Um, I, I would definitely say that it would behoove if Rare did this. They would have to, they would have to make sure that any of the purchased cosmetics that, that they've done 
uh, any of the emotes, things like that. All of that would be considered legacy and brought forward with your character. Um, I, I could see them doing a Sea of Thieves 2. Uh, the thing that I think would be really good is that they would they would have to start from scratch. They would want to start with the base understanding of what their game needs to be, what they want in it, but really kind of lock down how good the, the actual coding is for that. Um, and I don't know how good that's going to end up being because I still think that they are going to be tied to Azure servers, which I think personally is is the main hiccup here. Uh, I don't know what X, uh, what Unreal 5 would do that Unreal 4 isn't doing for them right now. Um, I do have questions about, you know, the validity of, of older gen hardware holding back the performance requirements that they want to do for other stuff. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to kind of see um prof you got something you want to bring up well i just remember i bought stuff from my original xbox avatar and mm. it took a little time but they did transition those into the new uh xbox avatars and i eventually got the updated items that i had purchased for for that avatar so there there's there's models out there to do that and we see other games that have been in existence much longer than than Sea of Thieves that uh, you know carry over characters that you've developed and and things like that. Yeah. So it, it's it's possible, you know, in their context. I don't know. They don't really tell us much about um, their programming, um, other than how how amazing it was for them to get flame to work and water, um, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, and but how many hard choices they had to make because of the old hardware I, I i wouldn't dismiss the old hardware and and all of and the platform they chose because they told us that they had to make hard decisions about what assets they could put in and take out because they only had so much ability because they were dealing with old hardware and the platform one of the questions that always pops up in my mind is what would Sea of Thieves as a team do differently if they had to start from scratch, knowing what they know with this game? What choices would they make? Would they would they balance things differently? Would they uh, would they try and shore up the amount of assets or or the the amount of um, uh, resources that ships take so that they could have different ships? Like I'm always kind of curious. Like if you could start over, knowing what you know now what would they do differently and see where they go from that? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they, they've, they've talked already. I mean, you know, I guess see if these was rare's first live services game. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. That in the process of this game, they have, they have learned so much that I think that if they get the opportunity, would have the opportunity to say, come out with a SOT too, that through these years of learning of them kind of really kind of really getting their hands kind of in that live services game mode for the really the really the first time they probably absolutely would do some things differently um and they probably have have learned things they've learned that we wish they could probably go back and make some do some things differently because of what they have learned and you know that would just give them an opportunity to to do that you know to make you know the game that we all love it, you know that much better do we give maybe them that's the just, it may just me being hopeful. Do we give them the benefit of the doubt too much, maybe because we like like we love the game? Like I, I keep hearing and I've I've heard it for years. Oh, what's well, their first live service game? Oh, they love this property. Oh, they love this one. It's the first live service game. But like so many live service games came before this. Now I'm not saying like, you know, people you know, teams make mistakes. I'm not I'm not denying that. 
but I, I look at some of the things that like we we as players keep complaining about and they don't get fixed or they don't they don't look at them or they don't really do anything about it they just kind of beat around the bush they don't really talk to us about it and then oh hey guy here's this nice new shiny thing like go away go play with it like I, I don't know maybe i'm a little bit more on the other side of like i understand yes rare loves it loves this project everybody on the project you know i understand all that but I, it's a business too. And I think sometimes I feel like we say, oh, well, it, you know, it's their first live service game. So we'll just let this slide. Well, no, we have years of live service games in front of us of people doing it right or people learning from their mistakes. But yet now, as the game gets older, we're finding more and more stuff that's broken, more and more stuff that can't, doesn't have an answer or they don't tell us has an answer. And it takes them forever to fix or they just never fix it. So, when do you start actually doing these things as a team? When do, when does Rare step up and say, okay, hey, like, yeah, this is a priority now. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I don't know how to put it without just sounding like a complete, you know, yeah, horrible person to them. It's tough um, because it's it's easy to to be from our perspective and point to other games as a service and point and be like, Rare, just do that. Because we're talking about people's knowledge of how to build games, how to design games, how to develop games. It's not as easy as copying, pasting what one company does for their service as a template and then just slapping a skin on it and calling it Sea of Thieves, right? Like they have to build everything. They have to develop it. They have to design it. They have to test it. I agree that I think Rare loves and wants the best for the fans as well as the game. Um, the, the knowledge is going to come down to them hiring the right people for those positions. And because of that, I think it's, it's partially like, I'd be very curious to hear like what they're hiring, uh, is, is like, like do, does them being in England and having the restrictions of, of where they can hire people from, uh, does that come with issues the way uh, that that way American studios don't run into or Japanese studios don't run into because of the different types of uh, people that are available for that versus the culture of, of you know, living in a, in a country where that it, where gaming is a lot more widely accepted, things like that. Very hard to kind of speak to, but it's, it's always going to be tough and say like, do I think we're giving Rare a pass because they always come out with really fun adventures or they always have something new? Should we be okay with them just saying, all right, well, the the cool thing this update is burying stuff. Like, I, I see where you guys are coming from. Um, but I would be very, it, it would be very hard for me to not give them a pass, given how much enjoyment I've gotten out of the game with just what they've been able to come up with in, in this. And I think Sea of Thieves is so unique of a game that it's it's almost too hard to really judge compared to other games outside of like the actual live service model because I don't think any other company is genuinely trying to do what Rare has done with Sea of Thieves. You look at like Skull and Bones, I can tell you right now, Skull and Bones is a hot mess. That game is going to have some serious issues if they, uh, if, if they don't fix some of the big issues that uh, I have with it already um but they they that that is something that they are actively working on but it's not going to compare to see if you see if these will still stand out as the better game in my opinion yeah by the time it comes out it's old news i mean because they they started out roughly the same time pretty much the, yeah um what other pirate game is there i mean that's off the map for me uh, yeah and i think skull, i think skull and who what <laughs> and i think that's kind of a thing here is like it really is the only pirate game out there other than skull and bones which we've heard about for years and years and years 
I mean, other than that, I mean, okay, yeah, Black Flag, but how many people are going back and playing Black Flag? Like, I'm not saying that it's not worth playing. I'm just saying, you know, it is the only pirate game out there. But I, I and I do agree with you, Logan, about you know what is their hiring process? What are they looking for? You know, if they want to build A, you know, who do they have to hire to be able to build you know Project A? And that's why you have to surround yourselves with the intelligent people that know how to do this. And hopefully going forward, they can figure that out, I think. But I just, I don't know. We see it so many times with studios where they're like, okay, this isn't working or we can't fix this. Hey, we need to hire somebody and they do it. And then it just seems like Rare kind of just, to me, sits back and goes, well, we're working on it. And then it never gets fixed. Five years later, we're sitting here. Uh, Logan, mm-hmm. we sail regularly with uh, some others, and, and the comments that uh, we get into Gringar, um, <laughs> that the game, the game, you know, isn't as popular or carries as much um, of the gaming population as as we would like to think, um, and therefore Microsoft isn't going to invest in it. We don't know. It's a it's a fun argument that Gringar and I have often. Mm-hmm. But it remains, we don't know. We love this game a lot. You know, we've been playing it for years now and uh, developed real friendships and, and communities around it. I'm I'm struggling right now. We've already said, you know, if there was a Sea of Thieves 2, we would be right there. And, and I mean, for us, it would be a reality. But I, the, we know so little about how dear this game is to Microsoft. Every game Rare has done is dear to them. That's their history. But do they have the investment in population um, that we feel it does? I I can say with pretty good certainty <laughs> that from Microsoft's perspective, uh, Sea of Thieves is a huge win for them. Um and that they will they will continue to let rare do what rare wants to do uh so so long as they are continuing to um invest in sea of thieves like it is a strong it is a strong uh game for for the micro because if you think about like what else they're doing right now um forza horizon 5 is doing excellent they just announced their next uh expansion gears is silent Halo Infinite's been struggling with its identity for a very long time. Um, we still don't know anything about Avowed. We, uh, Grounded has done really well. Obsidian's killing it. Uh, but we don't have Starfield. We don't have Redfall. We don't have um, State of Decay 3. As far as games go for Microsoft, Sea of Thieves is not only one of the biggest sellers for them uh, for multiplayer content, but it's also one of the biggest drivers for Game Pass. And it, it is constantly touted that because they are always bringing new content for free. New content will always be added to Sea of Thieves. No one will never, no one will ever have to pay for an expansion for this game. Uh, they only ask that you buy cosmetics, right? That's the only thing. Everything mm-hmm. else is all the same. So as far as Microsoft is concerned, I'm not worried about that. I think they they see the value the way we do. And and you and the and the chat are bringing up the same arguments I do, but because they're so tight-lipped on the numbers, all we have is is that it's the game featured on Game Pass, which yeah. to me speaks a lot. But that veil of secrecy um, is interesting. Yeah, I I don't disagree. It would be nice to to hear like how healthy the game is. Um, it, there's a reason why I think a lot of people were concerned with Blizzard when WoW stopped. Uh, putting out numbers for subscribers. Microsoft did the same thing when they when they moved to Game Pass. They stopped releasing console numbers, uh, and they started talking about monthly active users for Game Pass. 
Um, I, I don't know that Sea of Thieves is hurting right now. I don't think that that's the case. I think Sea of Thieves is doing really well. In fact, I think season eight has done exceptionally well um, for for being able to give us an opportunity to uh, see like a lot of what's going on with the PvP side. Um, and, and actually, if you guys have some time, I wanted to bring up something because Godhammer wanted to join us and I almost forgot to bring this in, uh, but he actually wrote something in. So um, does anyone need to dip out? Because I know that we're a little over time. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. OK, Regis, thank you. I appreciate you stopping by, um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and You're keep welcome. pushing. The rest of us are tied to the mast. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so God Godhammer wrote in, um, I've been continuing my hourglass fights over the last month pre and post cross stamp update. At this point, where we are with the matchmaking with regards to finding suitable skill based opponents is speaking personally better than I imagined it would be. I regarded dumpstering as losing on the initial joust phase of the of the match. Those are rarity now for me and my or, or my opponent. Uh, consistently, we win a few and then lose a few as my wins take my me into a bracket with better pirates uh, with, or with pirates better than me who blast me back down. My average match, uh, typically a duo sloop, now lasts 10 to 20 minutes as we prod and test defenses and each ship gets the measure of each other. In one example, I was duo slooping with a partner with a lower MMR than myself. We won the first match quickly. The next two we won after about 15 minutes apiece. And when we decided to go for the battle to hit champion, we were matched with a crew so on our level it went to attrition and took over an hour. We won after they failed to uh, a, rail, a ram strat. At this point, uh, we're with around 450 matches played. My win rate is pretty near 55%, which is a very solid indicator of how well I feel that the matchmaking aspect of the hourglass mode is holding up. Consider me impressed. Does this resonate with you? Because I feel like season eight has brought in a lot of people into Sea of Thieves to have this this pvp on demand i think that the cross stamp has really helped out i know davram has been having a, a heck of a hard time having proper matches because of his mmr versus the person that he's playing with um i wanted to get this in here because we, we've been talking about the value of sea of thieves and, and and i think that season eight has done a lot for this but what do you guys think thoughts Matchmaking working? Tennessee, I kind of want to base this off of you, buddy, because I, I I can't speak for Norwegian or PAD, um, but I know between the three of us, you have the most time involved with it compared to Hefe and I, because I, from my point of view, other than what we played on Friday, matchmaking is god-awful if you're just diving, <laughs> my opinion. God-awful. I'm talking like maybe one win in every five to ten match losses, like, just complete crap. Um, and if that's the way it continues to go, like I won't play it. Um, but on Friday with the way we played, if, if it's more like that and it's evenly matched, I'd be down 100%. But I mean, Tennessee, so like I said, I caveat the matches, you, everybody. The matches we played is more like the solo matches I've been playing lately since they did the, the, uh, the readjust with matchmaking. Um, it's been much more comparable. Um, and it's been more fun that way. The The challenge we've had is um, we're still trying to get ourselves back into fighting shape on the brig and galleon. Um, I know Chenzo 
and his crew feel like things are pretty spot on. Um, but they are a well-oiled machine when it comes to uh, galleon sailing. Um, I kind of laughed the last time he hopped on with us and uh, we were sailing wasn't it a brig, Hefe? And and he kept uh, oversteering and 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 mis misaligning because uh, the turn radius was so different. <laughs> but I I feel like uh, God Hammer is probably right. It it does feel a little better. It's definitely improved. There's still a lot of issues with it. Um, I've been switching back and forth quite a bit now between Xbox servers and PC everybody servers. And if you play enough games. You're going to continue to run into the same people over and over again. I've had an issue where I ran into the same solo sloop ship four times in a row. Um, you'll see, you'll play around, hit somebody else, come back, get a different person to come back for the third round, and you'll have the person that you fought the first time. It's improved. There is definitely a quicker queue time for it, but you're still going to run into the same people over and over again. On Friday, I was watching Bearded Gad and uh, and Boxy, and they were they were they were doing the hourglass stuff. Um, and Beard convinced Boxy to try the instead of diving over and over to do the defend. And what Beard was saying was that he he had been doing that some this past week, and that he had seemed to think that the problem of getting the same people over and over and over was not happening on defense versus diving over and over um i don't know there's any validity to that um but he also made a comment that he felt like that the the that the balance of skill level was better doing it that defense mode versus the continual diving um i thought it was interesting it's something that you know, we've we've only got really kind of one day of that under our belt um so maybe with some time we you know can have a more fleshed out opinion of that um but I, th I thought it was interesting that for someone who's had who has as many thousands of hours in the game as, as beard does um for him to have those thoughts on on that i just i found it interesting hmm. it's good to hear it's it's nice that we're getting to a point where the cross stamp is helping a lot that people are going to start finding and i think as people start to you, you start getting the people out of out of the the queues who are who've been grinding and grinding and grinding to get their curses and, and their gold curses and stuff. I think uh, the more of those people who have kind of moved on to different things, um, I think the better you'll have a, a more generalized populace of people who are around the same level and, and games will kind of be back and forth. Like you'll probably win, win a couple, lose a couple, win a, win a couple, lose a couple, and the times will stay kind of fast. Um, I'm glad that this is, is the case. It's not the case for everyone. Obviously, like there's going to be a fair amount of people that are still running into some major issues, especially with people having different averages for MMR. If you're not playing with those people on a regular basis, doing dives and they're doing dives without you and stuff, it's really going to make a difference. But, um, it'll be something that I definitely want to talk to some folks about in the community who have been doing a lot of diving, who have been doing a lot of PVP, because I think it'll be interesting to get their thoughts on it as well, too. I, I would add for new players um, or people that are used to just going around with the PVE, it is a different mindset, a different game. Um, that can be a hard transition for many. Um, get into it, embrace it, <laughs> um, expect to lose, and, and it does seem like it gets better. And the more people play, the better it'll be. But it is not adventure mode. 
you cannot go into it thinking adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh sorry, Logan. No, no, go ahead. What do you got? I think um with what Tennessee just said, I think that there's been a few times where I've got very, very frustrated. But um my dad and my grandpa here had to uh kind of walk me off the edge a little bit and say, Hey, like, let's just have fun and what happens happens. And I think once I put my mindset into it, like, hey, whether we are diving or defending let's just have fun if 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 we're having a crap night we're having a crap night it's i put it the same way as when i'm playing call of duty or halo with with tennessee like there's nights where we're on and then there's nights where it's just bad it's like you know what let's put it down let's go to bed we'll come back the next day you kind of have to go into diving with a whole complete other mentality Mm -hmm. yeah you really do I still maintain that I like to do a little bit of everything on a sale. Like if I, if I can, then I want to uh, do some stuff, feel like I got some gold, feel like I accomplished something and then do a couple dives. If those go well, awesome. If not, maybe move back to, to doing something else that'll actually earn me some gold or, or at least give me some satisfaction stuff like that. Um, I think that I still think that there's, and there's going to be some stuff that, that we can't obviously talk about, but I think that they are looking to try and address some of the comments that are going on in chat right now as far as uh, the TDM becoming more prolific and people finding that uh, locking a ship down is generally easier to uh, to handle compared to just sinking them outright. I think people are better, obviously, with first-person shooters than they are with, uh, you know, playing Angry Birds and Sea of Thieves. <laughs> some of the best wins we've had is people firing off their boat trying to get on and not paying attention to their boat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Those have been some good wins. I mean, that's um, how we won last night. That's how yeah. two of us on the sloop beat a galleon because they kept they spent too much time with two or three people just trying to get over and board. And I love eventually, you know, and we didn't. It's not like Hefe was watching it. You can attest to it. I mean, it's not like we were hitting the top of their, the bottom of their ship much. They might have had one or two holes in the bottom of their ship, but once that sucker filled up and got to the second level, they were done. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that y'all decided to, to hang out with me. I know we went a little bit over, but I appreciate the extra time uh, to be able to address Godhammer's uh, comments and, and thoughts. And, and I encourage anyone to, if, if you're listening and you're not a gold hoarder, um, definitely feel free to consider it if you want to jump in on the conversation. Otherwise, you're more than welcome to write in, whether by be by email or uh, DM through Discord, uh, Twitter, or things like that to definitely kind of bring more conversation to the, to the situation. Let us, let us know. Um, and his pad says, yeah, pay me more money. Yeah. I'll take your money. If I, I got to get to SOT fest somehow. Uh, so with that, I think we're going to run down. Thank everyone that stopped by shout out to, uh, Regis Stella who took off a little bit earlier to, uh, take care of some stuff, make sure that they're doing okay. Uh, thank you to, to them for, for coming in and hanging out with us. Um, Hefe, anything you want to shout out or anything you want to say as we head out? Uh, I just want to say just thank you for just creating the community that you've done. Um, if it were not for the Keelhauled podcast community, I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with Rusty and Prof and Patty and, and others that um, have turned into real, genuine, real-life friendships and it uh it, it it means the world to me um so thank you logan for what you do um it uh it does not go unnoticed so i really appreciate it yeah definitely um appreciate you guys being here 
Norwegian, anything you want to shout out or say as we head out? Yeah, shout out to the Sherpa program. As always, don't be shy. Hit them up. They're great people, all of them. They will be happy to help you. Um, they have definitely helped me quite a bit learn more about the game, Glitterbeard, uh, PvP fighting, ships, all of it. So don't be afraid to hit them up. They're fantastic people. Anybody in this community is fantastic. Ask them for help. They'll help you. And please, people, stop putting empty storage crates next to the wood barrel if you're going to do an hourglass. <laughs> Good and wise words. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, Rusty, we're getting out of here, buddy. Anything you want to shout out or uh, say as we head out? Nah, guys, it's just always good to be here. Um, I know, uh, yeah, it's just always good to be here. That's all. You guys, I, I, I'm glad I became friends with a lot of you guys. I've been through a lot the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, I, just have a good day, guys, and uh, just be good to each other, okay? Appreciate it. Professor from Tennessee. Nah, drink up, me hearties. Have a good evening. <laughs> Patty, anything you want to shout out or say? I know you're still doing the uh, the streams with uh, Xbox Mike and Sightless. Um, I know that you're yeah, still yeah, helping no, out. Um, no, the only thing I want to say is um, I know that this obviously won't go out until Monday, but happy birthday to Carl Embo for the weekend just gone. I know. That's a good call out, too. Carl, who, who wanted to be here, couldn't make it, um, heading out to have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully safe, full of fun, and no, no major issues uh, with that. So happy birthday, Carl. And glad to uh, hopefully be be able to join us for next month's episode as well, too. Um, All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I promise in the future, I will constantly try to say uh, Tome versus Tomb. Uh, I will try to say uh, Rune versus Runes. And uh, we'll kind of leave it at that. Thanks, guys. Tom and I'm Stuart and we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore and we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks? How does Chim work? Where did the Dwemer go? And more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.